<clears throat> Welcome everyone. Swagatam. Oma Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutta Paragamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatang Vitam Tang Sajipa Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lavita Shri Vishakhanditangscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavani Paschatyadeshatarine Vanchatalpatrubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Nama Hey Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishavanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gauravakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. <clears throat> Again, welcome to Saturday Sangha, Sangha from a distance. We're all scattered around this little planet, which is floating somewhere in space, spinning around, silently spinning. We are spinning with it, which makes us spinners, I think. 
in English, the word uh, spin can also mean to tell a joke or also a lie. Also in German, one says du spinst, means you, you are just joking, you're not being honest. So we are spinners or we can spin, you can spin, <laughs> spin a yarn, uh, which is yarn is what you can use to knit a sweater, a pullover, uh, but you can also, that would be to spin yarn, to make yarn, but you can also spin a yarn, where a yarn in English, um, in colloquial English, yarn can also mean a story. So you're spinning a story, you're making up some story. I don't know what got me started on this, but uh, maybe my mind is spinning. Maybe that's the problem, my mind spinning, spinning in circles. So instead of spinning in circles, let's uh, direct our minds to Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur's song, which is uh, song number one of Upadesha of Kalyana Kalpaturu. And uh, this is because it's Upadesha, he is teaching and he's addressing his mind. He says, oh, my dear mind, please tell me, why do you uselessly adore and worship such false things in this world? This material world is simply composed of five gross elements, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. But the pure spirit soul somehow wants to keep him in a most degraded condition of abject ruination by remaining within this unfathomable ocean of inauspiciousness. Now, one thing we may notice here, he says, this world, uh, false things in the world, mana re, O mind, cano, why? Miche bajicho asar, asar, mm, would be the opposite of sar, sar means essence, asar, the non-essence, non non-essential. Um, and Miche, I believe, is uh, from Mitya, false. So we're going to be again uh, later revisiting Chaitanya Charitamrita with Mahaprabhu speaking on this subject and basically saying this world is not false. So what's going on here? Uh, 
it seems like a kind of oscillation. Sometimes we say the world is false and sometimes we say the world is not false. Generally, we say it's not false. But it is temporary and being temporary, its reality, we may say, is in some sense compromised. Um, anyway, let's go through this. The spirit soul actually lives beyond these five gross elements. <clears throat> Uchita. Uh, and he is always spotlessly pure, devoid of material. Oh, that's another verse. Uh, mayatita means beyond. Okay. Spotlessly pure, devoid of material designations, and abounds in a Sudhajiva, Niranjana, Sadashiva, always auspicious. He is certainly a fit receptacle for pure love of Godhead, which is beyond the range of Maya's illusions. Oh, my dear mind, my dear friend, you are meant to be situated in pure transcendental existence as pure spirit soul, Shuddha Sakta. So I ask you now, Kano, why do you become enchanted, Mugda, and captivated again and again, Bar Bar? within this dull material universe, jada, jagate, bhai, oh brother. Just become a little introspective for once. <clears throat> and try to keep in mind the fact that pure spirit soul is actually eternal and full of nectar. Such intelligent judgments are quite befitting you. To me, Atma Rupi Hoje, Tate Buddhi Uchita. Reassuming your real form as pure soul. Just remain always in Vrindavan, Vrindavane, Tako, under the shelter of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Chaitanya Samashraye. Make the worship of the divine couple your only object of pursuit. Nityaka Saki Shange Parananda Sevarange. And in the company of their most dear cowherd girlfriends and maidservants, 
just perform transcendental joyful service unto their pastimes for all eternity. Jugopanjan Koro Sar Nityakal for eternity. I am not able to predict the destination of those foolish souls who dare to neglect such a treasure as this conjugal service. Eheno jugaldan chare jemurkajan. Chare, I think, is rejecting. Murkajan, those foolish people. Tara gati, their goal, nahi deki ar. Um, I cannot see what is their goal. <clears throat> okay, let's see. <clears throat>
हरे हरे राम हरे राम राम हरे हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे
Yeah, just now this song reminds me of Raghunathas Goswami's Manashiksha because Dr. Nautakur is addressing his mind, my dear mind. Um, why do you absorb yourself in material things? when this life is such a great um, incomparable opportunity for <clears throat> coming to the highest perfection. And he specifies what is that highest perfection uh, in the last verse, advising his mind. Mm. Make the worship of the divine couple your only object of pursuit and in the company of their most dear cowherd girlfriends and maidservants, just perform transcendentally joyful service unto their pastimes for all of eternity. I am not able to, and then he kind of turns back by way of contrast, what will happen to those unfortunate souls who neglect this treasure of service to conjugal service, translated here, jugaladan, this treasure of the treasure of two, the treasure of the pair, literally. Uh, <clears throat> so we might look for a moment at uh, the Manashiksha, verse number one of Manashiksha of Raghunath Das Goswami, Guru Goshte Goshtala Ishu Sujane Busurugane, Somantre Shinam Ni Vrajanava Yuvadvan Vasharane. So Rajanava Yuvadvanda Sharane, taking shelter of the uh, the two uh, the twofold of the of the two of the pair. Let's see how's this done. Yeah, Nava Raja Yuvadvanda. Seems like it's kind of twofold, two times two, but anyway. Sada dambam hitva, having given up always, or sada can go elsewhere, but dambam hitva, having given up all pride, all, uh, all dumba, pride or arrogance, Giving, giving, giving this up. Sada dambam hitva, sada kuru ratim apurvim atitaram aye svaantar, svantar brataha, chatubir abhyache dritapadaha. Chatubi means with pleasing words or flattering words, with, uh, with nice words when you want to persuade somebody of something, you 
speak in the most sweet way, that's chatubi. Uh, so, chatubi abhiyache, I'm, uh, be, I beseech you, we say in English, to beseech is to really strongly plead. So he says, my dear brother, Rataha, oh mind, uh, having given up all pride, please develop unprecedented and excessive attachment, apurvam atitaram, to Sri Guru, to Sri Vrindavan, and now comes the list, to the Guru, uh, Gurau, uh, Goshte, Goshta Alayishu, Sujane, uh, to Sri Guru, to Sri Vrindavan, the abode of cows, to the devotee residence of Vrindavan, uh, to all the devotees on the planet, on this planet, uh, to the confidential mantra given by Sri Guru. Uh, yeah, Bhu Sura Gane. Now this Bhu Sura, uh, Bhu means the earth, Sura uh, can mean uh, devas, demigods. And it can refer to Brahmins. So we're, you know, Worship the Brahmins, Gana, all of them, all of, all of them. Uh, but it can also refer to the Vaishnavas, so all the Vaishnavas. Swamantra, to one's own mantra, the mantra one has received. Sri Namni, to Sri Nama, the holy names of, uh, of the Vrindavan couple, it says here. Uh, and to the process of surrendering to the fresh, youthful couple of Raja. Raja, Nava, Yuva, Dvanva, Sharane. Hmm. Holding your feet. Um, let's see, where is that? Oh, Dritapada. Dritta means grasping firmly, padaha, the feet. So he's grasping the feet of the mind, my dear mind. <laughs> I'm praying, please, 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 <clears throat> with sweet words, whatever it takes to please you, my dear mind, please turn your attention in this way. So that's what Bhaktivinoda Thakur is saying in so many other words here in uh, in his first song. And it's, uh, it's a song of instruction, Upadesha. So he's in, is advising the mind. I would say in two ways. Uh, one is what not to do and one is what to do. Anukuyasya sankalpa pratikuyasya bharana. First he's saying what's not to be done, and then he's saying what's to be done. Uh, there's a problem with telling the mind what not to do, and that is that we tend to do exactly what we tell the mind not to do. 
Um, when we say, don't think of an elephant, what do we do? We immediately think of an elephant. <laughs> so this is a problem. Uh, but the solution is that we focus on what to do and we focus on um, good instruction, positive instruction for the mind. And that's what, uh, that's the opportunity we get in bhakti. We're not just doing nati, 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 not at all. We go right to the, the substance, the positive substance of Krishna Bhakti. Okay, that was verse one. Um, there's 11 more verses. Maybe we should go through these also in the course of our sanghas one after another. But for now, I think I'll stop there and uh, Say again, Hare Krishna, welcome to everyone. And, uh, and, and what did I want to say? Um, I'm looking for, where did she go? Oh yes, there you are. Uh, Vijay Keshari, we want to welcome in particular uh, with her new official um official official name unofficial official um we had initiation here a few days ago so uh for vijay keshari devi dasi living in Wrocław in poland let's all offer a big one two three Hari 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 uh, as her, how to put this, uh, one of her godbrothers is her father. <laughs> so in spiritual life, you can, you can have uh, within your family, you could have uh, two different relationships of, with the same person. So uh, Yovana Madhava, her father, is here with us in uh, Sadhu Bhavan for a few days. And uh, yeah, did you want to say something, Vijay Keshari? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, Hare Krishna everyone. Thank you so much for uh, your blessings, your kind words. Um, I'm still, um, it happened like last Sunday, but I still feel like it happened yesterday. I'm feel so happy and I want to say thank you and please kindly bless me so I can continue to follow this beautiful path and follow the instructions of Shigura and Gauranga. Hare Jai. Krishna. Jai. Hare Krishna.
Okay, yes, all best wishes, as for everyone. Uh, let's all continue. And with, with all of your good wishes, I may also continue <laughs> on the path. Who knows? So, um, good. Now, uh, I want to also welcome Sri Krishna Shakti uh, from Brazil. I, didn't, I don't know if you were there last week or not, but uh, Sri Krishna Shakti is joining joining the our little family uh, as Shiksha Shishya along with yes we see again Ananda Lila and Gorachandra are with us. It's uh, I guess it's not so early in the morning there, but anyway. So good. Um, and so many more of you we could say something about. So let me ask if any of you have any show and tell uh, to explain for those of you who are new, we invite everyone um, every, every week actually, that if you have something to share, um, I call it show and tell just because when I was uh, in elementary school, that was something that um, one, two, I don't know, few of my teachers, I think it was a fairly standard thing when we were very small. I think it was a way for, um, for teachers to encourage us as students, as, as pupils, as kids to, you know, get up in front of the class and say something. So it was show and tell. Um, we could bring something <laughs> from home. Maybe it was a new toy or something, uh, or something we had drawn, painted, uh, or built. Uh, and we could show and we could tell, we could explain about it. <laughs> So I, I wanna uh, continue that tradition. I now just came to my mind, I remember uh, one show and tell that I did when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember which year it was, um, but I, I guess it was like, I don't know if it was in the context of, maybe it was in the context of science class. And I remember my father helped me with this. It was, uh, it had to do with uh, spring, springs and weights. And I don't remember what the point was, but I had different uh, smaller and bigger springs that could stretch, you know. And I would, and I built a little wooden frame and I had a few of these springs and then somehow I was demonstrating uh, about the different strength of the springs. <laughs> it's interesting how our memories work. Yeah, there was nothing spiritual whatsoever about that. 
<laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was some kind of, it was, I think it was, I was trying to show something about physics, something in physical quality, something about weight, maybe something about gravity. I don't, I don't know. So yeah, that's what we do. If anyone uh, has something, you're welcomed. It doesn't have to be showing. It can be only telling. Um, it can be a combination or it can be, yeah, you could also just show something if you like. Hmm. Looks like we don't have anything today. Everyone's being very quiet. Uh, maybe sometime Ananda Leela and Gorachandra will show their project. And they have a very, quite an, quite a big project. They're building a big building, a cultural center. <clears throat> okay. Good. Well, then, if there's nothing else, Kaveri, do you want to show us some of your artwork? Surprise. I have only one here that I, I made a print of Yamuna Devi, like the famous uh, picture of Yamuna Devi uh, at uh, Radha Damodar, uh -huh. black and white but I made it uh, some changes like holding a proper um, portrait. And um, I talked with uh, Dina Tarini to give her the, the profit of this uh, posters for Analoi, the project uh, that she has to sustain the, the deities and Yamuna Devi's deities and project. Oh, okay. Very sweet, I, I don't know. I like and then I'm working on something it's just a commission it's not um it's not a Krishna piece but it's just something a small uh painting for for somebody but it's not even ready. <laughs> okay uh good speaking of Dina Tarani Maraji um I it just sort of flashed across me some days or maybe weeks ago that uh, if I remember a book is out or it's going to be out from her about uh, Yamuna Devi's um, deity worship. Yeah, I think it has been uh, offered to her deities, but it's not entirely out yet. But so oh, okay. Yeah, and that'll be nice because uh, Yamuna Devi's deity worship was uh, very special. I had, I was fortunate to have darshan of her deities. I don't remember their names now. Banavi Hari, Radha Banavi Hari. Oh yeah. And uh, that time I visited. Uh, Sharanagati Farm, uh, north of Vancouver. Uh, I was just there, I guess, one night. And uh, we went to visit Mother Yamuna, um, her, 
her home is there. Um, but she was sick. And so she stayed in her room, but we stayed, uh, there were just, I don't know, a handful of us uh, to have a morning program with her deities. Uh, she wanted that. She wanted that we're there uh, because she could listen. Um, her, her bedroom was uh, immediately adjacent and I think she had uh, made it that way. It was, it had like a ornamental grill, meaning uh, you, you could see through from her side, but not from our side. So uh, she could see, but we couldn't see her, but she could see and she could hear. And so uh, we had some kirtan and then uh, devotees asked me to speak something. I read, we read from Bhagavatam, sixth canto, and uh, discussed a little bit. And I just remember a couple of times she would sort of exclaim from the next room. She would suddenly, we would say something and she would say, Jai, Haribo. <laughs> And that's how much I met uh, Yamuna Devi. I never met her in person. Um, Mandali, you're here, I think. You could say a lot about Yamuna Devi if you wanted. You've had a lot of exchange. Uh, Hare Krishna. Yes, uh, please accept my obeisances. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm not uh, incredibly qualified to speak about Yamuna Devi, but uh, I did uh, receive very much, uh, mostly through her connection uh, with uh, Nitai Prabhu, who is uh, my late husband and who was very, very dear uh, to Yamuna Devi. And um, he left um, the the planet a little bit uh, after after Yamuna Devi in the same period, mm. and uh, I would just briefly mention something. Uh, since you mentioned uh, the the book that is coming out about uh, the Seva Puja that uh, describes Yamuna Devi's. Uh, daily worship and her research, especially uh, of um, the worship at the Goswami temples. Uh, she um, apparently, as I can recall, uh, received uh, inspiration and uh, a request from Srila Prabhupada to visit the different uh, Goswami temples and to write down uh, different uh, procedures that are in place for the pleasure of Krishna and uh, to learn them and uh, uh, to uh, implement uh, in, uh, the deity worship in, uh, on the ISKCON altars. So she did that. And actually this book is going to present uh, her research and the drawings that she made of the dresses uh, that the, apparently the Goswamis designed for the deities. Mm. That she could, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I, I was 
very fortunate uh, years ago to have some uh, a little uh, insight into the uh, book that she actually created uh, a hand uh, calligraphed book that she created with that research that she did. So then uh, that book is going to be printed now, as far as I understood, along with other other uh, items that uh, the Natarini collected about. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay, so that will be included in the book. That's nice. Yes, it's just uh, so beautiful with pictures and calligraphy. It's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful presentation that's going to come out in print. It's like a little dream come true. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, and I just uh, wanted to mention one uh, small uh, memory that I had mm -hmm. of, uh, of her altar. My first impression was that everything was impeccably clean. Mm -hmm. And all the silver was uh, polished uh, to perfection. Mm. That I remember. That uh, it was a very um, um, seriously meticulous mood uh, mm -hmm. of, uh, that she would uh, exhibit uh, when uh, she served uh, the deities, but also very jubilant, welcoming, kind, and uh, happy, perhaps humorous even. Mm. But that, that is my little memory, so I wanted to share that. Thank you so much for inviting me to say something. My apologies that I'm not on camera, but I'm not presentable at the moment. <laughs> so. That's all right. Thank you. And. Um... I think also her mood was uh, to engage anyone who she was always encourage everyone, encouraging um, devotees to do service for her deities. She was inviting them uh, to come and. Sort of a mood of it's about me and Krishna, sort of thing, but it was involving everyone, whoever she was in contact with. Oh, yes, yes, that was very, very prominent. One would uh, almost feel closer to Krishna than, uh, yeah, it's just really incredible how much uh, just being around her would make one feel as if uh, we're so close to Krishna <laughs> mm. <laughs> and that she is always in the background and, and pushing <laughs> us to the front. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, this gives me an idea, Kaveri, maybe since you're in touch with Tina Tarani, um, could you do a sort of preliminary inquiry if she would be open to coming uh, on our Saturday Sangha sometime and speak with us. Sure, I will. Thank you, Gurudev. Good. Actually, I was going to have uh, one other surprise guest this time, but then uh, he wrote to say, sorry, you wouldn't be able to come because of something else. And then I was arranging another 
surprise guest. And then he said also, oh, I'm so sorry, this won't happen this time. <laughs> so uh, it's like that sometimes. Okay. So I th think then we proceed to Shi Chaitanya Charitamrita again, shall we? You haven't all run away. I've been lingering uh, extensively on this small section, but we may move a little faster today for a change. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, I will share my screen. Okay, everyone can see this screen. Okay, we're still on verse 122 of uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila chapter 7. And just to repeat the verse, actually, we can start with our uh, invocation to make it more. More nice. Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gauravakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gauravakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gauravakta Vrinda so verse 122, uh, continuing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu speaking with Prakashananda Sarasati and his associates, he says, Parinama vade ishar hoyen vikari atta kahi vivartavada stapana je kori. According to Shankaracharya, by accepting the theory of the transformation of the energy of the Lord, one creates an illusion by indirectly accepting that the absolute truth is transformed. So he's telling what is the problem with Shankaracharya. Shankaracharya is the Acharya, the sort of founder Acharya, if you like, of Advaitavada, although it doesn't start with Shankara, I should say. Um, before Shankara, there was Godapada. Godapada, uh, historically, like with Shankara, we don't know for sure. He's usually uh, identified with the 8th century. Uh, Shankaracharya refers to him as Paramaguru. In any case, uh, he is also, uh, he also wrote uh, very Advaita Vadi uh, teaching. So then we looked at, uh, we started to look at Prabhupada's purports, which I've outlined here. 
and um, I don't know, Shankaracharya's fear, I think we talked about this, that um, he's, he's worried that if Parinama, if there is Parinama, uh, this would mean transformation in Brahman. And uh, you may remember that we said the rules of the game of Vedanta uh, is that Brahman cannot change. Uh, that's rule number one. <laughs> so what is this Parinama, which appears that it's mentioned in the uh, Vedanta Sutra, that there is Parinama. I'll get back to this Parinama, but... Uh, so he's saying, that is Lord Chaitanya is saying, that Shankaracharya is worried about this, and he knows we can't change Brahman. We can't agree that Brahman changes. Therefore, whatever we see as being a so-called change has to be false. It has to be an illusion. That's a sort of core reasoning of Shankara according to Lord Chaitanya. I should say, according to Lord Chaitanya, according to Krishnadas Kaviraj. And Prabhupada uses this word, which he likes a lot, this expression, word jugglery. To juggle uh, is, you know, something you see in the circus. Uh, someone has several uh, balls or batons, and they're very expert. They can keep them all up in the air um, like this. So that's juggling. And word jugglery is to play with words in such a way that you don't catch when you don't see it when somebody makes a trick, so to say. Uh, Prabhupada mentions the example of mistaking a rope for a snake and mistaking an oyster shell for gold. Yeah, we talked about this and I said it's generally silver. Now, I did a little more uh, research on this uh, rope and snake analogy because Prabhupada mentions that it's in the Mandukya Upanishad. Well, I looked at the Mandukya Upanishad. It's very short, so it didn't take very long. It's even shorter than the Ishopanishad. Ishopanishad is 18 verses. Mandukya Upanishad is 12 sentences uh, in prose. And there's no rope and snake analogy. However, and this must be what is intended. It is found in uh, the Mandukya Upanishad Karika. Karika is a kind of commentary of Godapada. And uh, according to one scholar, I found an article on the subject. Someone wrote a whole article about the rope snake analogy and its history in India and in 
uh, ancient Greece, <laughs> in Greek philosophy and Indian philosophy. Yeah, there are such people who do these things. Um, very interesting article. And according to her, the first appearance of this, our first appearances of the rope snake analogy in Indian literature is in Buddhist literature. And the earliest in the Buddhist literature is from the second century of the common era. And the earliest we see in non-Buddhist literature, which means so-called Hindu, um, is with Godapad, Godapada's Mandukya Upanishad Karika, which means from the sixth century or later. So it's actually a quite late uh, development. Now, someone may say, you may object, you may say, wait, 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 wait. We find the rope snake analogy also in the Bhagavatam. And I looked it up and there are, I found five uh, instances of the rope snake analogy. One of them is very humorous actually. Uh, it's kind of taking the rope snake analogy and turning it backwards. Uh, it's in uh, the, um, the pastime of um, the killing of Putana. When Putana comes in uh, to the room where Krishna, little baby Krishna is lying and she, she picks up Krishna and takes him on her lap uh, and begins to offer her breast for suckling. There's a one verse that says, she took him on her lap like one would take a snake thinking that it is a rope. <laughs> like one would take a dangerous snake thinking that it is simply a rope. <laughs> so she didn't realize that Krishna for her was extremely dangerous, was her death. <laughs> so that, so the Bhagavatam. So my point is, you may ask, um, or you may say, well, the Bhagavat it's in the Bhagavatam. So this shows that the snake rope analogy is very ancient. To which I would say, well, yes, we could say that. Um, and on the other side, uh, I think we should recognize, at least from a mundane historical perspective, that it's very possible someone will say, well, uh, this would indicate the opposite, that the Bhagavatam, at least in its present form, uh, is coming later than Godapada. But this is uh, a kind of endless it's a puzzle. It's something that no one can ever prove because you could turn around and say, well, what? who are we to say that Gotapada did not get the analogy from the Bhagavatam? So who is getting what from whom? This is an endless uh, conundrum. In any case, um, 
Yeah, Prabhupada says the rope snake analogies in the Mundaka Upanishad, it's not there either, as far as I could find. Uh, it's in the it's in the Mandukya um, Upanishad Karika, also known as the Godapada Karika. And this is the writing which is uh, very much Advaitavada, where the whole purpose of the analogy is to say that we, we experience this world um, as real, and therefore we have so many reactions, so many emotions, strong feelings about everything. Uh, when, when actually uh, we're uh, misperceiving uh, that, uh, and then what do I mean by misperceiving? Just as one would perceive a rope to be a snake. That's the that's the analogy. And uh, here's the original. Here's the Sanskrit of this. Anishchita, yata rajur andakare. So raju is a, is a rope, and andakare is in the dark. Vikalpita, a mis uh, perception or a ma imagination. Sarpadara adibihi bhavai. So sarpa means means snake. Um, sarpadara, the 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 sense of it being a snake, adi, or something like that. Uh, so beginning with snake, it could be something else, but we're just saying snake. Bhavai, uh, by, by these attitudes, these moods, these perceptions, tadvat atma vikalpita. Uh, the atma is misperceived in this way. And then nischitayam, uncertainty, yata, as a rope, yata rajvang, vikalpa nivartate, the vikalpa is removed. Rajur eva iti, one says, this is a rope only. Literally, that's what this is saying, rajur eva iti. Uh, cha advaitam tatvat atmanin uh, vinis chaya. This is, he's using this for non-dualism, advaitam, atma vinischaya, uh, for the certainty of uh, what is the atma, the self, that there is one atma only. That's basically what he's arguing. <laughs> anyway. So, but Prabhupada wants to say uh, the, the rope snake analogy can be used in a different way. And I mentioned there's a history of the rope snake analogy. So the, uh, the Buddhists use it also. And they go even further. They say there's no snake and actually there's no rope either. <laughs> they deconstruct the idea that there's a rope. They say, what is this rope? This rope is 
nothing but so many strands of you know of string of thread and if you keep if you keep uh taking it apart you'll see that um, there's actually nothing there so the rope is also your mental construction they will say anyway that's buddhist <laughs> Prabhupada says uh Let's look at what Krishna says. He says, Mama Eva Angsha Jiva Loke. We talked about this last time. Jiva Bhuta Sanatana. The Jivas are my Angshas uh, for how long? Sanatana. For forever and ever. And so Prabhupada wants to make a correction with uh, the notion of Ivarta, which is very popular with the Advaitins, uh, the non-dualists, where Vivarta means illusion. Um, Prabhupada says, yeah, there, there is an illusion. The illusion is that you are your body. <clears throat> uh, and then he goes on to say one can be attacked by this Vivartavada philosophy when he forgets the inconceivable power of the omnipotent personality of Godhead. Now, he doesn't elaborate on this, and it might be an interesting exercise if anybody wants to think about this. You can make this homework. Why would it be that if I forget the inconceivable power of the omnipotent personality of Godhead, why would I be attacked by Vivartavada? So I'm leaving that open for now and I'm going to Prabhupada's main third point in this purport. He says, the Lord does not change, does not deteriorate as a consequence of creation. In other words, Shankaracharya's worry, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu expresses, that there will be a change, Parinama, he says, don't worry, there's not going to be a change. And then he quotes uh, the famous invocation to the Ishopanishad, Om Purnam Ada Purnamida. Uh, the Lord is full and complete in himself. And if you, Purnasya uh, Purnam Adaya, if you take some Purna away from the Purna, you still have the Purna. And Prabhupada's suggesting you could uh, argue based on this that uh, the Lord is not changing. Uh, he mentions Jiva Goswami explaining more about Vivartavada. So I looked, uh, I have a copy of uh, Paramatma Sandarbha, Prabhupada mentions. And, but I didn't have time to find exactly where he's talking about. Uh, Jiva Goswami talks quite a bit about Vivartavada in the Paramatma Sandarbha. And Mm, this kind of is a point going back to what I was saying some time ago that 
Uh, Krishna's Kaviraj is giving us a summary. Uh, he's not giving us a whole elaborate explanation of Vaishnava Vedanta, Vaishnava philosophy, theology. He's giving us very brief uh, overview and just giving us kind of in a somewhat impressionistic way. To get into the full details, that's what Jiva Goswami does. And how Jiva Goswami does it is, uh, we can say, he um, makes a systematic uh, discussion uh, of the Srimad Bhagavatam. He, he's arguing Vaishnava Vedanta based on Srimad Bhagavatam in a very systematic way. We could call it systematic theology. Okay. Uh, yeah, this Ishapanishad invocation, by the way, somebody might wonder, then again, you might not, but <laughs> first of all, the Ishapanishad, what is the Ishapanishad? It was the first book um, that I was given to distribute when I first joined the temple, the preaching center in Germany, Stuttgart. Um, we had Ishopanishad in Deutsche Sprache, in German language. And uh, so it was one of the first books Srila Prabhupada wrote and published. He considered it very important. Um, and why is that? Because the Ishopanishad is particularly personalistic. It's uh, unlike most of the other Upanishads. It is quite explicitly uh, personal in, um, in some of the verses, not all, but in some of the verses. And we talked about that last time, how uh, the Upanishads in general are quite hmm, not so explicitly personalistic. They're more, I don't want to say impersonal, but more like non-personal. Uh, maybe a way to put it. Uh, but the Ishopanishad comprises chapter 40 of the Vajra Saneyi Samhita. What is the Vajra Saneyi Samhita? It is the Shukla, Shukla Yajurveda. So you can, if you like, you can impress your friends by telling them, uh, you know what is the Ishopanishad? It's actually chapter 40 of the Vajasanei Samhita. When they say, what is that? You say, well, of course, that's the Shukla Yajurveda. Everyone knows that. Uh, okay. Aside from that, uh, this invocation, which is technically, one might say, not part of the Ishopanishad itself. It's a kind of invocation. It's also to be found in the Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad. So you can uh, tell your friends that also. It's 
chapter 5, verse 1 of Brihad Aranyaka, because the Ishopanishad is largely derived from uh, the Brihad Aranyaka. Upanishad. Possibly meant to be a summary of it. Right, so then let's go on to verse number 123. Wow, we're moving fastly forward. Vastuta parinamavada sheshe praman dehe atma buddhi e bivarter stan. Transformation of energy. And here I've inserted the individual words to see how Prabhupada's translating. So parinamavada, transformation of energy, is a proven pramana, fact, vastuta. It is the false bodily dehe, conception of the self, atma buddhi, that is an illusion, vivarter stana, a place of illusion. Now, I took the liberty this time to also look at another translation of this same verse. Uh, Edward Dimmick was a professor, University of Chicago, uh, whose specialization was Bengal Vaishnavism and other Bengal religions. And he, together with uh, Tony Stewart, did a full translation of uh, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, what we may call a scholarly translation, uh, with footnotes and a very extensive introduction. No purports or commentary as such, but uh, footnotes. And this was published, uh, yeah, several years ago uh, by Harvard University Press. Uh, he says for this verse, in fact, Vastuta, the evolution theory, <laughs> Parinama, Vada, is proven, Pramana, considering that the Atma, that is Atma Buddhi, is in the body, Dehe, this is the place of the illusion, E Vivarter Stana. So this would be a more, I would say, a more literal translation. Um, but um, I don't know about this term evolution. It's, it's, it's kind of mm, amusing in a way, evolution theory. You know, we usually associate evolution theory with Darwin. And um, we, all, we all know Srila Prabhupada was highly um, um, averse to Darwinian evolution theory. So to call Parinamavada evolution theory <laughs> is uh, interesting. But uh, sometimes it is spoken of that the creation may be referred to as uh, evolving out of Brahman. It's unfolding from Brahman. That's one way of speaking of it. And in a way, uh, it one reason for doing that could be to avoid 
the connotation that we get from the Abrahamic traditions, Christianity especially, of uh, God created the world in six days, uh, where the idea is he created ex nihilo, out of nothing. Um, anyway, that's another subject. But uh, in any case, it's an interesting way of thinking about creation. Now, I want to point again back uh, that Srila Prabhupada referred to, I guess, two verses before in his purport, two or three. Uh, he refers to Vedanta Sutra, verse 112, Janmadhyasya Yataha. We talked about this, uh, that this is a this is a way of defining Brahman because the first verse of the Vedanta Sutra says, Atato Brahma Jinyasa. Now, therefore, or therefore now, uh, the desire to uh, understand Brahman. And so the whole Vedanta Sutra is uh, just about Brahman. How do we understand Brahman? How do we realize Brahman? And then the second verse, Janmadhyasyayata, uh, saying, well, let's start by looking at everything around us. Uh, everything around us we can understand is Janma Adi. It is, um, it is birth, etc. It's the result it's the creation, uh, the consequence of something. What is that something? Uh, Vyasadeva is saying the something is not something, it's someone. It's Brahman who is Paramatma, who is Bhagavan. And that's uh, in the Bhagavatam, it's saying that. So uh, in any case, evolution theory <laughs> uh, for, um, for Parinama. And again, I mentioned this is also in the Vedanta Sutra. Um, I don't have the note here, but Dimmick points out uh, the verse. It's in the second chapter of the first section, maybe verse uh, sutra number four of Vedanta Sutra. Parinama is mentioned. And I think this may be where Srila Prabhupada is saying, sorry, no, Lord Chaitanya is saying that, um, that Shankaracharya is disagreeing with, um, with Vyasadeva. He's disagreeing and therefore this is offensive. Um, Okay, now I I didn't let me go back now. Um, stop sharing. Ta-da, here we are again. Oh, you're all still here. I thought you'd run away with all of this dry theology. Uh, okay. 121, 122, 123. 
Maybe we can get this up on the screen also. Let me try uh, first. Let's see if we have it here. No, we don't. Okay, have to close it. Bear with me for a moment. Uh, maybe I should ask at this point if anyone has a comment or a question. Nobody has. Hopefully that's because what we're saying is clear. Sometimes one can speak in such a way that it's so unclear what one doesn't even know what to ask because it's so unclear. That can also happen. Whoops. Oh, here it comes. I always remember, <laughs> I may have told this story. We had a, a visiting scholar in Oxford um, from Japan. And he gave a talk on Navanyaya. Uh, what is Navanyaya? Well, uh, it's what was being mm, propagated at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Navadvip. Navadvip was a, a kind of cent it was a center of learning, and specifically, uh, there was a lot of uh, discussion apparently about not just nyaya means logic, but navanyaya, a new kind of logic. So this professor came and he, he gave a lecture on navanyaya. So there were two problems. One was his English was very unclear for all of us. And uh, the other problem was that Navanyaya is uh, a difficult subject, apparently. So he gave a talk and he, he, he showed a couple of things on the blackboard, I remember. And, and then after, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, he stopped and he said, so that's, that's my talk. Are there any questions? And there was a big silence. And then um, <laughs> Professor Richard Gombrich, who was this, uh, who is, he's retired now, but he's a very respected senior uh, scholar, professor at Oxford. <laughs> He raised his hand and he said, um, yeah, could you uh, just give us a basic idea of what you're talking about? <laughs> and we all laughed with great relief because this was, uh, we were all having the same problem that we couldn't understand. We couldn't even begin to understand what he was talking about. 
Guru anyway, Mahat. and he couldn't answer that question. He was not able, you know, he just kind of shook his head and said, well, I'm sorry, I was trying to do that with my lecture, but if you didn't get it, then... So we all walked out of the uh, lecture room feeling like, um, I don't know, like maybe we just wasted the last hour. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hare Krishna, here is our daughter, Roy Das. Hare Krishna. My obesities. Hare Krishna. Uh, a little bit bold. <laughs> May I? <laughs> just a short note, I would like to say an interesting thing I remember now about uh, the use of uh, the term, usage of the term in uh, Upanishads, the, the term Brahman, I mean. Um, I remember that uh, Suhotra Swami or Vanachari, how should I call him, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he was explaining in Amsterdam in one of his lectures that actually Vyasa's Brahman and Shankara's Brahman is not the same. And uh, Vyasadeva speaks actually about uh, Krishna Purushottam. <laughs> and uh, Shankaracharya, he is speaking about impersonal Brahman. And regarding that, um, in connection with that, one of the devotees uh, I know personally, he read all the Upanishads and made notes about the qualities of Brahman in the Upanishads. <laughs> So it, it turns out that most of the time it's really so that uh, Brahman refers to a personal God because uh, if it, the Brahman would have no qualities in those Upanishads, then it would be the impersonal Brahman. Uh, so this was an interesting point. In this way, perhaps uh, only the 11 Upanishads, this is a little bit contradictory what you say, but uh, Shankaracharya commented only on 11 Upanishads mm. and I don't know why did he didn't dare or he didn't want it to comment on others. Perhaps they are too personalistic. <laughs> but anyway, this is, this is my little observation of the things. So mm. this much, Hare Krishna. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's also possible that um, it's possible that Shankaracharya just felt that those 11 Upanishads tell the story that he wants to tell. Uh, it's also possible that there are, you know, we say 108 Upanishads, but how many of them were available at that time? Uh, we don't know. Uh, and as for different meanings of Brahman, of course, that's the whole debate. Um, and, and therefore, um, therefore, um, Jiva Goswami says, if we want to understand Brahman fully, uh, we do best to go to the, to the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, where it says, Brahmeti Paramatneti Bhagavaniti. And then he, his whole Sandarbhas, well, the whole Bhagavat and Paramatma Sandharma, in effect, are elaborating on that one verse uh, to make that point. Um, good. Kaveri, you wanted to comment? Yes, Gurudev. I, 
I'm, I, I haven't heard the, the previous class, so maybe I'm a bit lost and won't be the first time, but I think I'm confused about uh, this Bivaratavada uh, or changing of the Brahman. It, it reminds me something we're reading with uh, Yadinandana Swami in Bhakti Shastra. We just started chapter eight of uh, Bhagavad Gita. Mm. And in the first text, um, Arjuna inquires to the Lord about, you know, what is Brahman? What is the self? What are furtive activities, et cetera? And uh, here, Prabhupada in the purport say, I'll, I'll read it. Arjuna also inquires about Atma, which refers to body, soul, and mind. According to the Vedic dictionary, Atma refers to mind, soul, body, and senses also. So I thought we have read previously about the this separated energies where we have this gross elements and the subtle elements, but here it's all unified as one thing. So I can understand like in a spiritual identity, the self, all those things are one, but then here in the material world, they are separated. So you have these changes. How I don't know, I would like to make sense of what you just said and, and this that I've read in Bhagavad Gita, if you could help me. <laughs> well, to this point about definition of Atma as meaning body, mind, or self, yeah, that's, that's just pointing that uh, here the, uh, the word Atma is it's a reflexive word, which means just like in English, we say myself, yourself. So that's the way the word Atma is um, initially or originally or basically used in Sanskrit. And so just as in English, I can say myself and when I'm I'm referring to my spiritual self, my body, and my mind all together. So it can be used that way. And that, that makes for confusion. <clears throat> that makes for confusion. Uh, that makes, that enables um, different commentators and translators to go in different ways. <laughs> and that's, it's a cause for confusion. So in the context of what we're talking about here in Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, the emphasis is on Atma as spirit, as opposed to mind or body. And then the question is, is this Atma absolutely and utterly non-different from Brahman, which is what Advaita Vada says, or uh, is there a distinction, uh, which we generally then refer to as Jiva? And uh, Shankara will say, yes, there is jiva, but that's temporary and ultimately illusory. Uh, 
and uh, the Vaishnavas say, eh, got it wrong. <laughs> it's not temporary and it's not illusory. And Jiva Goswami is very uh, concerned to make this point in, well, already in the Tattva Sandarbha, and then I'm sure he'll, he elaborates uh, in the other Sandarbhas, uh, Paramatma Sandarbha, cert certainly, that um, he starts out by pointing, he makes a, a big issue or a, uh, he puts a lot of emphasis on a series of five verses in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 7, verses 4, four through 8, in which Srila Vyasadeva is described as having a vision. And what he's envisioning mm, uh, is uh, the supreme, to remi remind myself, I have it here. Um, hold on. Since you asked. Yes. Bhakti yogena manasi samyak pranihite amale apasyat purusham purnam mayam chattat apasyayam what does he see first of all he sees in samadhi so it's not just ordinary seeing pranihite is explained to mean amale pranihite completely uh, pure vision apasyat he saw what did he see Purusham Purnam, he saw the uh, Supreme Person. Mayam Cha, and he saw Maya. So he saw Maya as different from uh, the person. And Tat Apashrayam, this Maya was subordinate to the Lord. And then, and this gets to our point, Yaya Samohito Jiva. Atmanam trigunatmakam paropi manute anartam tatkritam cha abhipadyate. By this maya, yaya, samohita, jiva, the jiva is bewildered. And here, the point he makes is that um, the jiva has to be different from the Lord because the Lord is the shelter of Maya. So there's no question of Maya. There's no question of the Lord coming under the influence of Maya because she is in the shelter of Maya. Um, and so he is under the control of Maya. Uh, manute, thinking, anartam, all sorts of uh, useless thoughts. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's, that's a big point for Jiva Goswami. And at the same time, in the Tattva Sandarva, he's uh, 
there's a whole section about the non-difference of jiva with Brahman. Because he says, in order to understand Brahman, uh, step one is we can understand Brahman by just looking at ourselves. And what can we understand about Brahman from looking at ourselves? We are conscious. And this uh, experience of consciousness uh, is a window to understanding the first point about Brahman. But then he goes on to elaborate on how we are different from Brahman. So there's oneness. And of course, that's Jiva Goswami is, he is, uh, un, he's not like Madhva, and he's not like Ramanuja to say, well, Ramanuja says, well, there's oneness um, and it's Vishishta, it's uh, specified. Um, and of course, Madhva says, no, there's total absolute uh, difference. There's no, there's no, no room <laughs> to even talk about sameness. It's all different. Uh, but Jiva says, actually, there's, there is oneness and there's difference and there's oneness and there's difference. And that's very difficult to understand. So, so Srila Prabhupada is saying in the purport, what was it, 120, he's saying, how to understand this, chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> Okay, um, is that all right? Yes, uh, thank you very much. Dira Lalita, you have your hand up. Yes, hi Krishna, very much. Um, I would have like a sort of one question and sort of one sort of common question. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to, to do both or should I just ask one? Well, let's take it one at a time and see. Well, the first one is, um, um, it's not that I really, really want to go deep into understanding the Shankaracharya's um, um, philosophy, but <laughs> um, according to Shankaracharya, as, as you just mentioned in your answer to Kavri, um, that he's saying that the jiva is illusory. Being illusory, my understanding means... Um, it doesn't really exist, but then, um, but then, what is then emerging into Brahman after uh, after body dies? If if the jiva it doesn't exist, if it's illusory. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, this is where Shankara resorts to the idea of uh, vyavahara sata or the, uh, the, the platform sata uh, of reality, which is not absolute reality, but is a kind of conditional reality. Um, so he's saying, yes, there we, we are all, there is a reality where I'm 
experiencing myself as an individual and everyone else as individuals and and we talk with each other and um yeah and we we eat and we sleep and we shop and whatever we do <laughs> that's all yavaharika um and and that's there's there's a level of reality to that which is acknowledged by Shankara and his followers. And on that level, he's also or his followers are also saying that um, all of the well, on that level, he says Krishna is also real. Oh. And therefore, you can worship Krishna on that level. And that practice of bhakti on that level uh, can help you to realize Brahman, to realize uh, that you are actually Brahman. And therefore, you 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 realize jnana you you're going from bhakti this is advaita vada you go through bhakti to jnana and when you get to jnana then you come to paramartika sata the high the top level of reality in which you disappear as an individual krishna disappears as an individual and all there is is satyam jnanam anantam brahma. Sounds pretty exciting, right? Oh, it's so frightening, actually. <laughs> it's the other way around. It's like it's like sort of uh, standing on your head <laughs> instead of uh, walking on your feet. <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me like that. But thank you very much, Guru Maharaj, for clarifying that for me. I'm not, not going to ever question that again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there is there is a second uh, um, a question when you uh, were um, um, historically you found these analogies of um, rope snake analogy, uh -huh. and uh, it seems like by listening to the history of that analogy that the same analogy is being shared with Buddhists, uh, mm -hmm. Shankaras and Vaishnavas uh, to point out to the same thing, but in a different setting, in the setting of void, in the setting of um, impersonal and in the setting of personal. So um, there comes my speculation. <laughs> so um, it's sort of a togetherness and being different and using the same analogy like mm. togetherness means all of them or us together using the same analogy but um, in a totally different uh, situation um, so it seems like <laughs> like a, something that Krishna maybe gave to everyone to 
Um, I mean, it's, it's just amazing to me. I mean, if you would like to say something about this understanding of mine, if I'm missing the point or... Um, mm. I mean, it seems to me that this analogy has a great value for voidists, impersonalists and personalists. Mm -hmm. Is that like a, some kind of a um, um, unique value for everyone or like air to breathe? <laughs> or... <laughs> okay. Um, well, first thing I would say is that it shows that analogies in general are extremely flexible. They can be applied in so many different ways and they may be used to argue different philosophies because um, that's what's being done. Um, and it shows therefore, in a sense, the limits of analogies. Analogies are not in themselves uh, what we call in English a clincher argument, um, but they illustrate. Uh, it's called drishtanta in Sanskrit. It's illustration, and it's used. Uh, analogies are used within the pramana uh, uh, of anumana of reasoning. There's pratyaksha, there's anumana, and there's uh, shabda, the three main that we follow of pramans. And I was going to get to that actually in connection with uh, the next analogy, which Lord Chaitanya uses. Um, but uh, yeah, here the the point is just that analogies, well, it's one of the arguments against anumana as a conclusive argument that you can take an analogy, you can take in different ways. So they can help, but you can also find ways of, you know, using them in different ways. So they become just part of, they can be part of endless argument. Um, and you were saying it's interesting that all these different philosophers are using the same one. Yes, they're all they're all in the same universe of uh, we say discourse in that sense when they're sharing uh, the same analogies. But that's that's the historical question. It's part of the bigger question that scholars have been wrestling with is um, to what extent, if any, is there a historical connection between ancient India and ancient Greece in terms of pr prior to Alexander? Um, did these ideas come from India and go to Greece or the other way around? And there's reasons to think that ideas went in both directions, um, but it's, it's all, you know, kind of very thin evidence in, on all sides. And um, it can be argued, and it has been argued, that the analogy of the rope and the snake, there's no reason it has to, 
has to have come from India to be used in Greece where there would also be experience of snakes and ropes. So it's easy enough for somebody to think up uh, the analogy in ancient Greece without <laughs> relating to India. So these discussions go on. But yeah, Krishna is certainly providing, he's providing the analogies, the intelligence to use the analogies in so many different ways. Thank you so much, Guru Maharaj. Uh, okay, I did want to go a little further. Let's see. Uh, okay, I will again share the screen. Here we go. Database. Share. Okay, here we are, moving ahead, verse 124. Avicintya Shakti Shri Bhagavan Itchai Jagat Rupe Pai Parinam. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is opulent in all respects. Therefore, by his inconceivable energies, he has transformed the material cosmic manifestation. So here, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is introducing the term Bhagavan. And this is very significant because the Advaitavadi sannyasis, they wouldn't be using the word Bhagavan, they would be using the word Brahma. Uh, and he's describing Bhagavan as avicintya shakti yukta, as uh, yukta as conjoined or possessing, uh, possessing what? Possessing shakti. What kind of shakti? Avicintya shakti, inconceivable shakti. Inconceivable potency. Okay, so now we have Bhagavan in the picture with energies. Ichai, by his wish, Jagat Rupe Pai Parinama. By his wish, there is this Parinama, which uh, is um, which is gained Paya. Uh, in the form of the universe, Jagat. Okay. Um, then Prabhupada didn't give any purport here. Tatapiya chintya shaktye hoy avikari prakrita chintamani tahe drishtanta jedari. Okay, this is where he introduces an analogy which is a curious analogy. Um, I think I have to use this here. Okay. Using the example of a touchstone, which by its energy turns iron to gold and yet remains the same, we can understand that although the Supreme Personality of God had transforms 
his innumerable energies, he remains unchanged. Now, here I have to make a confession. I have never really understood this analogy. <laughs> because analogies generally go from something we're familiar with to something that we are not familiar with, something concrete to something abstract. Here, the concrete thing is uh, what's being translated as touchstone. The, the Bengali Sanskrit is chintamani. And uh, money means jewel and chinta means conscious, conscious jewel. And that's being translated as, chin, as touchstone. And if you look up the word touchstone in the dictionary, what you find is it's a stone, which is, it's, um, I forget the material, a graphite uh, sort of, uh, uh, I forget now, I looked it up. It's a kind of material which is used by gold dealers and uh, jewelers uh, to check the quality of gold. You, you rub let's say a gold ring on this touchstone and by the little bit that's rubbed off, the expert can see the quality of that gold. Uh, just seeing, looking at the color and so on, he can see, oh, this is whatever, 22 karat gold and so on. So that, is unfortunately not serving the purpose that I would hope for, which would be, aha, oh yes, uh, here is something which we just uh, touch it to some iron and, and it becomes gold. So for me, this analogy doesn't work. Now, that just means that I am a little skeptical <laughs> because who knows, maybe, I mean, we hear the story of Sanatan Goswami and his touchstone. Uh, he had something which actually turns whatever you touch to gold. So um, the problem may be myself that I'm skeptical. The problem may be the age. We don't have real touchstones anymore. Um, but it's something I would have liked to be able to, you know, go back in time and investigate. Maybe Jiva Goswami would have an explanation. Maybe Krishnadas Kaviraj. Um, but it leaves me wondering. But we can say a little more about this uh, next time. Uh, as an analogy, because it's part of an argument that he's he's building an argument in uh, in a certain way, which is maybe interesting. Hare Krishna. Where do we have another? We have several verses without purport. Then we have verse one twenty seven. Okay, verse one twenty seven is uh, 
has a longer purport. So your homework. Or as my god sister Ormila would say, your home fun, not home work, but home fun, uh, is to read this and uh, if you like, you can make notes. Now, um, oh, let me close this. And uh, let's see, is, um, is Sugopi with us? Just wanted to see. No, I think she, yes. Yes, Marat. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say, I keep meaning, I meant last time and I meant this time and I forgot both times. So please remind me next time. I wanted you to show uh, this uh, nice chart that you made for, what was it, verse 121 or 122? 120, Marat. 120. Yeah, yes. I thought it was very nice. It's it's very clear. So please remind, you can show that next time, okay? Okay, Marat, thank you. Yes, I will do that. <laughs> yes. And so there we are. We've come to the end of our time for this time. Uh, I wish you all a wonderful coming week. And uh, stay well. And... Yeah, think of all the opportunities you have this coming week to serve Krishna. Infinite possibilities. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we will see you next week, Krishna willing. And so thank you all again for coming together. Um, yeah, I see now Rasadari Hari is here. Maybe we can speak afterwards just to catch up a little. Okay. Thank you all. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Ananta koti vaishnavarinda ki jai. Go Raprema Nande. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Thank you so much. Hey, Hare Krishna. 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 Hare Krishna.